Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Once in a while, when we're very lucky, we get this next guest on with us. And we never know what's going to happen because uh, for some reason, Tom Korski and I have these weird senses of humor that occasionally tend to connect. And the two of us say something that we think is terribly funny. And most of you are probably saying, what's wrong with those guys? Did they start to imbibe early? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The answer is we don't know. And no, we didn't. So... It was like that when I got here. <laughs> it was like that when I got here. Yeah, I've used that line too. Yeah, no, no, I didn't know it was the wrong key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I don't live here. Well, do you mind if I lie down for a while and relax? <laughs> I'm tired. Okay. How are you, Mr. Korski? I will. Thank you very much, Roy. It's always good talking to you. Black Locks reporter and, um, and uh, on, 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 on Twitter. Why has my mind gone blank here now? You have to help me out. Minding Ottawa. Yes, minding at Minding Ottawa. And you do it so well at Minding Ottawa. So you have this wonderful photograph of a bearded guy in a T-shirt who's, I think he's got some sort of man bag that he's carrying. I can only see the strap. And he's got his sunglasses above his forehead. So he's looking like a 2022 version of something. And uh, and I'm not saying anything about the man bag. I'm just saying he's eating an ice cream. And he happens to be the Environment Minister of Canada who's telling us he to is. eat with our hands. He is, Stephen Debo. And uh, he does not like single-use plastics. He doesn't like it so much that he wants to, for instance, abolish the single-use plastic fork, in addition to some other single-use plastic items. Roy, this is not inexpensive. His own department estimates it's going to cost over $200 million in the first year for replacement items. But his uh, department, uh, Minister Gibo's department, published a guide for restaurateurs and presumably consumers. And one of their tips was, don't use a single-use plastic fork. Just eat with your hands. Order a lot of sandwiches. When you go to a food truck, maybe bring your own container. There was just a lot of, I think we could qualified as really bad advice to achieve it it seemed as if roy they decided to ban single-use plastics and then wanted to come up with a justification for it yeah they didn't do a good job we're going to get to eat with our hands it's not a good job my mother told me when i was very young stop eating with your hands use the plastic fork (laughs) (laughs) and and, and mother green (laughs) god bless her was like mothers everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Use that white plastic fork. Don't throw it out because we're going to wash it and you're going to use it again. Then stop taking containers to the ice cream truck. We can't afford it. But but really, I mean, it's it, it, it. I don't know what they're thinking, Tom. A message like that, use your hands. 
And, and I tweeted yesterday and use the back of your hand to wipe your mouth. So you're really doing multitasking at the same, same time. You're multipurposing. I don't understand why they think that that is a message that is going to resonate with people. I think it's because it's performative. I, I don't want to be dismissive, and I'm not an environmental scientist, but neither is Minister Gibo, in fairness, so we, we do have that in common. He has decided, and whether it was it's inspired by a National Geographic film or whatever, they decided that, for instance, plastic forks are an environmental peril. I have to tell you, we've looked at all the data, and we don't see it. This is not to be dismissive of all the plastic in the South Pacific that comes down from other continents. That's actually not a Canadian problem. And in fact, there was a, a, a research, peer-reviewed research, that was done in an academic paper. I believe it's called the uh, Marine Bulletin. And they determined that the single, the six blacklisted single-use plastics are not a big problem environmentally. But anyway, the feds decided this is what... This is the way it was going to be, and this is how we're going to make it happen. The costs are significant. That's their word. I'm quoting from their regulatory notices. The costs will be significant, and the environmental impact appears to be negligible. But everyone yeah. gets it, Roy. Yeah. It's, and it's a lot easier than, say, going after road salt that kills crops and damages automobiles and, and really wreaks havoc and should be toxic. Well, yeah, but we have salt mines in Ontario, and you, you, yeah. then we start getting into political problems. And you're supposed to get rid of automobiles. You're not supposed to have them anymore. Single-use or single-passenger automobiles or automobiles that are owned by individuals are bad, according to the World Economic Forum. So we'll see. Not, that maybe they'll come for my car. I'll finally get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much they'll pay me for it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, Tom, we have to stop doing this. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, okay, now, another story that really got a lot of traction, and you were all over this, and that's Farm Credit Canada and what they were asking people in their employ to do. Please share. Farm Credit's a farmer's bank uh, headquartered in Regina, and they finance uh, property and equipment for growers. It's a huge corporation. It's a, a billion-dollar corporation. They have billions under management, even if most people who aren't farmers have never heard of it. And during the heyday of the Freedom Convoy back in January and February, they did something that, was, that it was shocking. Uh, the chief operating officer by the name of uh, Sophie Perot, Mrs. Perot, sent a memo, went right down the line to all FCC financial advisors and it said, we want names. We want names of account holders who, according to her memo, were not necessarily lawbreakers, but expressed support for the Freedom Convoy, quote-unquote. I'm quoting from her memo. We got that through access to information. And they did that, Roy. They actually started to compile a blacklist. The only reason they didn't finish is because they couldn't even do that right. Even Cabinet got tired. And on the 23rd of February, suspended the Emergencies Act. Even after that, however, we see managers, Mother's Little Helper managers at Farm Credit Canada that were sharing photographs they got off Facebook posts and, and the Internet. Here's an account holder. That, I think that's his truck, parked, double parked in Ottawa. Here's, here's another one. I think he's waving a flag. He's an account holder. Get those names back to head office. Roy, it was a witch hunt in black and white. Whoa, that is really disturbing. 
That is really disturbing. Uh, that, that can't be left alone. And Ottawa police, what, what, what role did they play in all of this? Well, then they turned around and they came up with their own blacklist that we see they were peddling to the banks. So it's catching. Farm credit. It's catching. Ahead, it's, no, it's, I say it's, it's a catching situation. It's, a, it's, it's, it's transmissible, this, this illness. Oh, it's, no, they, they, it was absolutely enthusiastic. Ottawa police yeah. were, were peddling their own little blacklist related to crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. Anyone who gave 20 or $50 to the Freedom Convoy, by the way, that was a typical donation. The, the, that was never illegal. You can give your 50 bucks to whoever you want yep. off a crowdfunding site. That yep. was never against the law. Ottawa police got so enthusiastic, and we only see this because they, they shopped their blacklist to FCC and Regina because they were on the banker's list. And we saw the names. They were censored. But here's the names. Here's the credit ratings. Here's the client ID number of people related to the crowdfunding platforms who, who chipped in 50, 100 bucks to, to the truckers' convoy. It, Roy, there was a hysteria at the time. You and I discussed it, even at the moment. You said, there's, there's something wrong here. But you start to see the documents. Oh, my goodness. And wait until the judicial inquiry kicks in after Labor Day. It's going to be a monstrous. Yes, it will. And uh, as my good friend Laurie Goldstein, uh, editor emeritus of the Toronto Sun, tweeted the other day, if these individuals were in fact attempting to overthrow the government, which is what the Trudeau government has suggested all along, why are there no sedition charges? Why are there no criminal charges about uh, treason and, and, and other uh, leveled against these people? If that was their stated, if the government believes that was their intent, then why isn't there a follow-up? Yeah, the charges were mischief. The overwhelming majority of charges were mischief. The most serious charges we've seen, for instance, arson, were people who had nothing to do with the convoy. In fact, God bless them, they were Ottawa residents who just saw an opportunity to create some mayhem. I've, I've pointed out, Roy, there are serious legislators. They are in all parties. They include liberals who have said in their private moments with some strain, the Freedom Convoy crackdown normalized witch hunting and the the, uh, vilification of political dissent. It became normal. And for some people who had a jolly time uh, hunting for witches, how do we now put that genie back in the bottle? That's That's a a probative question. That's a disturbing and unsettling question. It very much is. And Mrs. Green, by the way, also said to her son, Roy, you're up to mischief again. <laughs> it was a simpler time, though, Roy. Yeah, it's a simpler <laughs> time. I got some fundamental house arrest and no container to get the ice cream. And I had to I had hand, in, hand in my fork and eat with my fingers. Anyway. Uh, I love the story because it's so annoying and it's so cloyingly believable. And that is that the Governor General's staff ordered, and you had this on July 26th on uh, Black Locks Reporter, ordered $80,367 worth of in-flight meals on a flight to Dubai. And some people are saying, well, it wasn't us. That wasn't us. Uh, I know the story's been hanging around for a while, but, Tom, this is too good to pass up. And it will get a little hot after Labor Day because the 
Commons Government Operations Committee is actually going to have hearings on the Governor General's catering charges. That, that's on the level. There were MPs very upset about that. And, and, and you can guess why. It worked out the catering charge on this Governor General uh, junket to Dubai. It was Mary Simon and her 45 closest friends and flight crew flew to Dubai. And they ran up a catering charge that was equivalent to $218 a plate. Well, there were MPs who heard this, and their heads exploded and said, $218. I have constituents with families to feed who can't fill a bag and a half of groceries for $218, and they're going to have to get four days of meals out of that. Are you kidding me? How do you spend $218 a plate for breakfast, lunch, and supper? Mary Simon found a way, blamed the Air Force, said it was, as you point out, Roy, said it wasn't me. Wasn't Air, Force said, <laughs> Air Force said, look, it wasn't no, me. One, no one forced you to eat the shrimp cocktail. We just wasn't do me. what we're told. <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> Don't look at me. I had nothing to do with it. You know, it really reminds me of some French lady uh, named Marie something or other who said, manger la brioche, let them eat cake. With plastic forks. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're going to look into this 80 grand. It's it's really infuriating. And it, what it shows, I think, Tom, if, I don't want to giggle, giggle through this thing. It, it shows how quickly the system uh, absorbs the newcomers. I, I, something tells me Mary Simon wouldn't have done this had it not been suggested. I, I don't know for sure. But had it well, not I, been I, suggested I, that I, it's I, sort I, of derriger. I agree. I think there's also, there's everyone knows there's this... There is this sense in Ottawa. There is this detachment from reality. You know what StatsCan said? In their, they do monthly uh, food basket, uh, li- literally audits based on checkout prices. $4 bread. I said, this is ordinary white bread. $4 a loaf. You, you look at that and you say, uh, you know, it's a metaphor. You're, you're feeding a family kids' lunches. Four bucks for a loaf of the cheapest, least nutritious bread you can buy, yeah. but it's two hundred and eighteen for breakfast at Mary Simon's place. Of course, there's they're, they're, what world do they live in? And that uh, that bread has the nutritional value of toilet paper. So it really, I mean, it's it's awful. And you know, we were talking about uh, the inflation issue and what it's doing to people. And my simplistic example is, and people are saying all over the country now, "Don't say it again, Roy. Don't say it again." But I'm gonna. Uh, I, I said it's when you go to the gas station and the grocery store in the same morning and you can't afford to fill up at either. That's where we are. That's where we are. People can see uh, it is true, Roy. Their uh, standard of living diminishes before your very eyes with every passing week, and that's what inflation is. You, you and I have talked about that. We lived through it in 81. You will work harder for less every single passing day, and you will know it. And you'll be eating half a slice of that bread. And I'm not trying to be funny. That's how challenging it can become. Now, what about our foreign affairs minister, Melanie Jolie, who had something brilliant to say about the uh, the shipping of the gas turbines from Montreal to Putin? I had the uh, Ukrainian ambassador to Canada, um, on the Yulia Kovalev, on this program twice in uh, three weeks to talk about these issues. But our uh, our our foreign affairs minister had a brilliant assessment of the situation please share well it was an unintended consequence i know the ukrainian canadian congress is also furious what was the point of imposing sanctions until the sanctions started to bite and then they looked for waivers this famous dispute over the turbine by the way how often does a house of commons committee meet in a hot day in august well it's happening this week 
because the Commons Foreign Affairs Committee wants to get to the bottom of this. Well, what did uh, staff and the ministers also say? And in consequences of sanctions, doggone it, somehow we actually caught up something on our sanctions. And Germany has certain energy needs, they said, quote, unquote. That's the thing about sanctions. It's like a boycott. It's fun until it actually matters. And then you look for exemptions and waivers. It, it, it isn't really obvious, Roy, what the feds meant when they, when they said, you know, there's genocide in Ukraine. And we really mean business this time. Except for that gas turbine in Montreal. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.